This episode is sponsored by our friends at Dukan. Launch your online store in 30 seconds. No coding or design skills required. Whether you are a small business trying to go online, a teacher looking to set up digital presence, or you just want to sell a goat, Dukan is your one-stop solution. At the start of the pandemic, when small businesses were struggling, Dukan helped over a million merchants move from offline to online. Founder of Dukan is also a billion moonshots alumni. He shared his story of making $25,000 per month in college to now building a $100 million startup. So start your 14-day free trial now at mydukan.io. You got into the NFT game late last year and since then you have helped 400 plus NFT projects sell out. Let's throw some dollar signs. One of those projects you consulted made 10 plus million dollars in 20 hours. That's crazy. And with that, you have now made your name in the NFT marketing space. All right. So let's dive into this. Uh, before we talk about everything, what do you think is the current state of NFT? We talked about that yesterday. Uh, things are not going as expected. Uh, I was actually reading an article by Beeple. Uh, so Beeple sold his NFT for $69 million and now he is into physical art now because that's what he wants to pursue. Uh, but yeah, overall, what are your thoughts on the what? NFT market space? Doesn't want to do any more digital? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even know. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously the cryptocurrencies have been down by somewhere around 60%, 70%. Um, and then um, NFT is 40 to 70% down. Um, and now the market, so like the stock market was um, 20% down. Now it's closer like, uh, so it's less than that now. So some people calling it just today, by the way. Um, this is July 21st, uh, 2022. So right. um, now people, um, I was actually just on a Twitter space with a bunch of people. They were talking about how um, is that now a bull market now because it's not no longer like um, like down 20% um, and are we having like different trends going on? So like maybe the primary is that like, okay, so it's, the market is down, but then maybe it's not down as it used to be. So it's actually getting improving, right? So, and then the reason I talk about that because all three of them, so stock market, uh, the cryptocurrencies um, and uh, NFTs, and quite honestly, like everything in the, in the like in news, they're all connected at the, at the moment, right? And right. I, I say um, NFT is going to take its own turn, it's going to decouple from cryptocurrencies at least, and, um, and then maybe even decouple from like everything else. So it's going to have its own way of, um, I guess, doing things. And one of the reasons for that is just a lot of small businesses, large businesses are going to get into this and they provide services regardless of if they start. So even like, let's talk about like, let's say Netflix has been down, mm. right? Um, and Netflix is still doing its job, right? They're still providing services. Um, just because the stock price goes down, that doesn't mean the, the company is not like profitable. It doesn't mean the company is not like growing. It has nothing. To, well, I mean, it has something to do with that, but um, it's not it's not a like direct correlation with like a company's failing and like the stock price going down. Um, and in fact, usually it's not like um, it's, it's if anything, it's just like uh, like a uh, completely indirect relationship right so so for that reason um i say that nft is gonna find their own place uh because of uh, these small businesses large businesses getting into uh the nfts and providing utilities that has nothing to do with the cryptocurrencies market uh just like example like uh for example this company provides like beauty services um they're gonna provide beauty services if the cryptocurrencies if the bitcoin is like the top if the bitcoin is the bottom it uh, doesn't matter right so um, so that's really cool because NFTs are going that direction. I say it is going that direction. That's my opinion. Um, and, and it's exciting because then people have to like, don't have to worry so much about like, hey, is this a good time to launch? When is a good time to launch? You can just worry about like actually making a great product.
Right. There are a lot of cool things, right? Like, I think one of the biggest thing is that maybe in 2008, there were not a lot of uh, fintech TikTok influencers out there who taught people about how to how to think about money, the psychology of money, stuff like that. I believe now people are much more educated and they're taking better decisions just because of the awareness that is out there. They are not just solely going out uh, all and dumping money into any random stock or altcoin. So that's good. Uh, I'm actually curious about this. So you mentioned that you were on a space on Twitter. We are seeing there are a lot of NFT spaces going on. We are seeing a lot of NFT conferences going on. How much of that do you think is noise and how much of that do you think is signal? Um. In, in what sense though? Like for In what sense? So hmm, that's a good question. I believe in what sense is basically the future of NFTs, um, the real world application into okay. actually improving the businesses, not just something fancy, uh, like adding value to the economy, not just like, you know, yeah. I think what hype. I mean, I certainly like, I certainly pick the spaces that I go to, pick the events that I go to. Most events that I don't even go to unless I'm speaking myself, but like, I, yeah. I like, um, I, I, there's some, I guess there's some people that I trust that they're going to provide value that I believe they either know more than I do or they do work um, and they, they have their own stuff that they're working on, which I'm not working on. So it's always just great to see, you know, what accomplishments they have or like what new findings they have. But then there is the, um, let's say, and nothing, not hating on the DGEN side of things like, you know, but there's the DGEN side of um, things where they just come in and just talk and, um, you know, they, they want to like, let's say, um, just smoke weed and talk about, um, what their opinions and feelings are about things, which is fine. Like, I think people should do that. Like I joined them too. Like I'll, I'll just vibe with them myself, but um, I don't necessarily go there to pick up information. I just go there, just, um, you know, hang out with, with people that I like. Uh, so uh, not all the spaces I would say are, you know, providing a lot of values. And we definitely have a lot more spaces. Like NFT has its own category on spaces. I don't know if it was always the case, but right now it is. Um, and so, they also rolled out like paid spaces. I've never seen anyone doing that yet. I may try it. Um, I actually applied for it, so it's kind of cool. Um, nice. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Twitter is also kind of like interesting platform. Like, I I ha I I don't know. By the time you uh, you reached out to me, I had a blue check mark. Past few yeah. days I didn't have it. This morning I got it back and I lost it again. So like they said, I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I lost it and then I uh, got it back this morning. I had it for a few hours. Literally, I was on a space. And I saw like my Twitter, Twitter checkmark disappearing on the space. Um, and then, and then like, um, sorry, like uh, talked to people at Twitter and they said like, oh, you're going to get back again. So it's fine. Like, I don't care for me, but like sometimes people like they, they just like make a big deal out of things like this. Um, and so I, I certainly think that um, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot that we don't know what's going on. Like, you know, we don't have information about and we're just like building as we go. So even there's Twitter spaces sometimes people just get on and they're like, well, we don't know what to talk about. Um, and then they figure out, you know, what they, what they're going to do. But I do say like with events, um, people in my, in my program, in my mastermind, so that, uh, NFT's mastermind, they've gone to a lot of events and they say like a lot of these speakers, they don't have like a ton of like projects they sold out or like sometimes they don't even have one. Um, and so. Sometimes influencers that they just have followers, they get to, um, I guess, influence people based on their opinions, but it's not really like that they've ever done anything in this space themselves. Um, that's something, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, not super impressive. I sometimes tell people in my community, like they actually, just because I'm like the things that I talk to them and um, show them um, as far as launching the NFT projects, they're more qualified than some of the speakers I've seen that go on the stage. Um, but then again, like that's always like the case with like new industries. They, um, the event organizers need to fill up the space. So if they can find right. someone who can 
who has lots of followers but they don't have like credibility they still bring them on because they need to you know get um bombs on the seat basically definitely i believe twitter is facing the same problem right because earlier we would think that okay a person with more followers might have more credibility so let's let's give them blue check but at nft we are seeing that people are hacking that system where people are trying to get as many followers as possible super fast and now twitter is like wait should we give them a a blue check mark or not but i'm yeah, actually so, curious uh-huh go ahead. go ahead go ahead i'm just going to say i mean that's that's just people's problem it's not twitter's problem um that's not even the people who are getting the blue checks problem like that's our problem um or like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the same concept with just people like blaming people who just like let's say pop and dump on the on on twitter I don't think that's their problem. That's our problem. Like we should just know better. Um do your own research. If you're lazy um and like you get like um you screwed on Twitter, that's that's your problem. That's not like you know it's, there's always going to be people who talk about things that they it just benefits them. So you right. just need to like own, do your own research. Um and that goes with this you know that like hey if someone just has a Twitter blue check um and and I have I will get it. Like I'm not worried about mine but like um uh, you know someone has a blue check, someone has like maybe profile um picture of a blue chip collection i have that too um and i don't put it on like i show my face um and if someone has lots of followers currently i have about like 12k um ish um but like someone let's say has like 500 600 a lot of my friends have um does that mean their their opinion counts better like um or like if someone made a lot of money in the nft space does that mean they they're more qualified to talk about the specific things i don't think so i think everyone should should see specific just because it's like saying look i've made a lot of money um so i'm going to give you like relationship advice those two things are completely like um like mutually exclusive events right so like right. if you want to be a marketing event like marketing advice get it from someone who is doing marketing and is successful with marketing uh doesn't matter like you know if they have a blue check or they don't have a blue check um and same thing goes with like um with you know people who are just giving you advice what nfts to buy if uh they're telling you buy a specific nfts and they never made money from buying and selling nfts well then don't follow them like that's just not good even though they they have a lot of money that doesn't mean they got it from that right so it's just it's just people like do your own research yeah right perfect all right so because you have done all the work let's go back what what got you into web3 what got you into this world of nft yeah so i uh i was at the time so about October 2021, um, I was doing a lot of um, paid advertising as I've been doing at that time for a few years um, with large companies and like public companies. Um, and the volume of paid advertising I was doing was also large. It was like somewhere around 50, uh, so 500K a month. Um, and um, it was about finding short-term investors, long-term investors online. So I was doing that. And then um, I also on um, freelance platforms like Fiverr, Upwork, different ones, I was um, already doing pretty well. Like I had lots of five-star reviews. Um, I had a good reputation, all their badges and everything that they gave on these platforms. Um, I had all of those. And so, um, there was this artist from Italy who was a one-of-one, um, artist. He approached me and said, Hey, look, you've got paid ads experience. Can you use paid ads to sell out a collection? Um, of course, some people in from this space who have nothing, no clue about like paid advertising, they're going to say like paid advertising for NFT collections. That's like a red flag, blah, blah, blah. We can talk about that too. But, but anyway, so I did that and sold out this collection um, in a week, uh, which was a very small collection, by the way. But um, he put in about $300, $400 into the ads. Um, and he, um, he I, I believe he sold somewhere around like 12K-ish. 
um, uh, worth of his artwork, which wasn't many. He's just like a small artist. No one knew him. And, it, you know, um, so anyways, we did that. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. What if, um, and I, by this time I already had lots of people asking me about NFTs and marketing them, but I didn't know the like terms and I didn't know like all the little details of things. Right. So it wasn't my focus. Um, and then it was, like, I just said like, okay, sure. I'll do it. I put a gig up a bunch of different platforms and posted about it a bunch of places. And then it just like blew up. So like, um, all of a sudden that month I had hundred projects I was working with. Um, and, um, I, it got to the point, literally I was sleeping two hours a day. Um, oh, and wow. like this is November and December. I was sleeping two hours a day. It's obviously timing was good too. Like it was just like the peak of cryptocurrencies, peak of NFTs and everything. So, and I was just working like um, with like paid clients working all day. Um, and that's how like I got the bulk of my experience in NFT and I got it fairly quickly. Um, and that's how, that's why I can, com that's why I would say I can compete with people who've been in this space longer uh, because I've just put in a lot more hours in a day than they would put in. You know, there's usually people like maybe say, hey, six hours, eight hours a day, that's they're done. Um, I was putting in like 20 hours a day, right? So like, that's that's the that's the level, um, like, I guess, uh, how hardcore I went into that at that time. Um, and then, um, so I worked with like, I want to say about 100 projects every month. And then I slowed down, because at some point I was like, okay, um, I can see this, I could do this, um, that's fine. But I want to see how do I get into like, add more value? How do I do like larger collections? How do I make more money? Um, and all sorts of, um, I guess, conversations that um, I guess more of like, a, I guess, uh, in my own mind that I, I had. And then, so then I slowed down. Uh, but right now, I think the number is somewhere around like 420, 430, something like that projects. Nice. Are you comfortable sharing like what were you making initially in those initial days on Fiverr? Uh, like as, as far as like uh, per month, per day, what? Like... Like, however, you were charging them, like, per project, oh, sure. per month. Yeah, sure. Uh -huh. So I was, uh, I initially started as, um, I want to say, like, my my hourly was somewhere around 300, 400. Um, and then, um, and then now it's more like 1500. Um, nice. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's, um, I mean, for people, and I'm just being, like, very transparent with it, but, like, for people um that want to know why um it's partly because i just had way too many and i just needed a way to um prioritize yeah prioritize hang out with like projects that just they have higher standards um and that allowed me to do that so that was good and then plus also obviously made more money so that was fun um so why not um and um also like it was get so like people can still go see it um had somewhere around 200 um, just on like, for example, Fiverr alone, I had 200 five-star reviews, um, like raving reviews. Like a lot of people were like super happy. Um, and like, there was like one person who wasn't happy. And then he's like, he's like, uh, his, his review is still there. He's just like, this guy, he, um, his focus, like, so my gigs read something like, I want to show you like how to, how to grow your collection with paid ads. And he's like, I don't like what he does. Cause all he talks about is like paid ads and growing your collections. And I was like, that's literally what my gig is about. Like, that's just that exactly what I do. And you just think you don't like it because of that. So, um, but yeah, so I did that. And then um, on Upwork, I'm the like expert vetted. Um, and there are, so that's like the top 1% um, of the entire hmm. Upwork community, uh, like worldwide. Um, and um, when it comes to like digital marketing, so not, not just NFT, the entire digital marketing. Um, and then with NFTs too, like I believe I have the, well, at least one of the most with the reviews on Fiverr, I know for sure. I'm I have the most reviews in the entire like world um, for NFTs. Like no one else has that many reviews. Um, 
but um but yeah so those are like the two platforms um and i you know i think as as long, like as far as like how it has changed my life um so at this time like when i speak before i started i was already um paying for all expenses of my parents immigrant parents don't have a source of income so i paid for everything they did like i was working um, lots of projects to be able to pay for myself. I have a great life, pay for them as well. Now, because of that, I was, because of the Web3, um, I was actually able to make their life a lot better too. Like I got them their own house um, and like, you know, just where like- they at? Where uh, they're, at? Vancouver. they're actually in Vancouver, Vancouver. Canada. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's like super cool. Um, just doing doing cool things for, uh, because you can. And and that's the thing is like, one of my focuses right now, even a project right now, I'm a CMO of like the, focus right now is I believe um, if you can make a lot of money, be able to actually contribute, you can, you have power to actually make a difference in people's lives. Um, and so I really actually care about that. Like I hang out with people like my best friend, he has like 500 mil net worth. Um, I want people like that around me. So like there's this project I'm working with, it's literally about like high networking and like luxury experiences to just get even more people like that around myself. And, and I'm excited about that, right? So I'm bullish about those kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. I gave you exact numbers. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, all right. So how has your work changed between when you were actually consulting with marketing uh, to these initial fiber projects versus now where you're working with these really big projects? Uh, as in like my daily work or? Yes. Your daily work strategy, how you're thinking yeah, about so, it. I, mean, I, I was, even when I was just doing consulting, I still had some projects I was doing hands down. So here's the thing. Like, I think there are people who have masterminds, courses, do consulting, speak on stages see this as a spectrum where um there's a one side of one side of the spectrum is people who are just talking about like they go on stages they go on so many stages where i just think about i'm like how do you even market or how do you even do anything if you're just like, on stages all the freaking time um and the rest of the time they're on twitter spaces and then the rest of that they're like tweeting I'm like you clearly have someone else doing your work because you can't be doing work like like this you know so there's that um and then there's the other side of things where um, I guess the other side of the spectrum where people are just building, 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 they're keeping quiet about everything. They don't share it with anyone. They don't tell anyone about any updates about their work. Um, and so I found my place. Like I started as that person that was a builder. Like when I was marketing, I didn't even have a Twitter. Um, I literally was just focused on marketing people. Um, and then once um, I, you know, kind of like reduced the workload to the place where like I could actually like breathe and I could sleep literally like my basic needs. Um, then I opened up my tutor. I was like, okay, I'm going to build my own presence online as well. Not just like build it for other people. Okay. So um, that's, that's how things have changed where um, initially it was just completely um, like zoom calls, setting up ads um, and, you know, talking to influencers. That was the, the bulk of what I was doing now is like, for example, I'm a CMO of one company and like, that's just hands-on. Like I'm almost like working, 20 hours a day um, now with this project. Uh, you know, the, the, the team is about 10 people, uh, but like the actual, like the core of the team, the actual team is a lot, lot, I guess, larger than that. They have like people for the website, people for design, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of people, and I need to manage the whole marketing uh, people. Um, and so I just need to make sure, and you know, we don't have a lot of time. It's not like a public company, like in corporate right. world, um, you had like, you spent three months just to get to know people. We don't have like that luxury here. Um, and so I just have to do things a lot faster. So I have to essentially just compact everything, condense everything. Um, and so the, the way my day looks like right now, I still have like my own schedule as I've always had, like almost past like six, seven years. But um, the 
the amount of, I guess the, the focus that I have is um, not just high level, but also like the actual, like, you know, going and talking to, let's say our community manager, say, hey, here are the posts that we need to see. Um, and then just like those um, hands-on, uh, I guess, tasks as well. And then sometimes they don't even know what, how to do it. And I don't have time to train people how to do it. I'll just do it myself, right? So like, for example, I'll give you one example on LinkedIn. You can link, if you do LinkedIn events, you can actually invite people to come to your event. You can, I believe, invite a thousand people to come to your event. And then I just went in, instead of like giving it to my assistant or someone from the team, um, I just went in and just individually clicked invite like a thousand times. Oh man. Um, yeah, so that takes time, right? That's not something I should be doing, but um, I do it because the, by the time I would explain this to someone else, um how to do this and like why and like, all that stuff is scheduled yeah like it just like <laughs> time has passed like i don't have that time right now right so um so i do a lot more more of that but um i, I would say i always um had a bit of both um i do enjoy consulting a lot um and just telling people but then you can't consult like all the time because like for example bear market is not something i knew about right so i haven't done projects um so i went back into just doing more projects myself again to be able to consult on it um because again like prior to bear market like i already had done projects and i could consult people on them but then bear market is new so we didn't know what's going on so then i can't just be like hey just do everything we did prior to bear market and hopefully it works because it doesn't um and so i went back into actually doing things myself marketing things myself and then uh, now um maybe <laughs> just maybe i'll have a little bit more opportunity um in a few months to do a lot more advising again that makes sense. So you mentioned paid ads is a big part of it because that's the experience yeah. you come from and yeah. you have successfully done that for a lot of projects. So how much is paid ads? How much is other stuff? And what does that look like? So also, I believe my bigger question is like, you know, when you are selling an NFT project, there's a really thought, good thought process on what the, what the roadmap looks like. Uh, what's the narrative around this NFT project? Why should people buy in? What is the type of community that we are building? So are you also involved in that where we are trying to build the narrative around that project? Yeah, yeah, all, all of it. So when I'm doing like CMO, um, I guess, role, uh, everything. I mean, to some extent, like with this project, um, I'm almost almost like leaning into like doing some of the like project management, CEO kind of things as well, just because it just needs. So the reason is we have like sometimes Web2 people, but then I have the Web3 experience. So I still am able to like lead um, with the experience that, is, that I'm bringing from the Web3. But, um, but anyways, so the... The, the concept of like Web3 and like how, um, I guess, you you grow uh, in the Web3 um, is obviously different to the Web2. Um, and so I um, I really focused on like just doing things based on, um, I guess, adapting to the market, right? So, um, and, and, and also like, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but like the the, the focus that I have right now with, with these projects is like, um, figuring out, okay, so would it be their story, narrative, everything that fits the current condition, current sentiment of the market. Um, and then based on that, um, we still don't know, you know, if we're going to sell out, right? So like, you, you don't, you don't know if like, uh, there are projects that do everything right, they still don't sell out. So I think right. that's something people should just obviously know that, like I, I put it on my website there. Um, like just like startups, you know, 95% of the startups out there, they don't sell out and it's okay. And they're not a scam. They're not like, they're not rug pulls. They're just projects that they have management problem. They have business, I guess, acumen problems. They have business experience problems or they just make mistakes. They failed and that's it. Like that's really it. Um, and some same goes with um, the NFT projects too. It just happens. Um, and so, yeah. 
Definitely. Okay. Makes sense. Now, what's the difference between Web3 marketing versus Web2 marketing? Because you have experienced both the worlds. Yeah. So I, I was in Web2, I was doing investor relationship marketing and product marketing um, and um, very similar because, um, you know, you still need to have a great offer. Um, let me give you one real life example. Like today, I had um, one of the people from my mastermind. He was just showing me his ads and he's like his click, click, um, cost per click is two cents. Uh, his CTR is 15%. Uh, which are great like i helped him get it get it to that level but then he's saying like his conversion on the landing page for people becoming his white like whitelister are um very low and i told him i was like listen it's not your ads anymore it's your offer it's what you're actually providing to this market and who you're targeting it to so like let's say so just give people an example like if you're if you're um targeting like let's say pet owners and you're showing them a product that's relevant to pet owners um, and if they like it, great. If they don't like it, you, you'll know. But if you're targeting people who don't have pets and you have the best product um, that is for pets, then they don't care. And that's not because your product is not good or your offer is not good. It's just because just they're not pet owners. They don't care. It's not relevant. Right. Them, right? So all those pieces is very important. Um, and that's just like Web2. So everything we learned in Web2 is important. But Web3 is different in a sense that um, the channels are different, right? So Reddit, Twitter, um, Discord marketing, these are th these are really uh, like Web3 type of channels versus Web2, which was like Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then now uh, the types of things that we do. So for example, like real life events um, in Web2, that was working really well. Um, I, I was um, doing a lot of those. Actually, I, I had my own events in Web2, uh, but that doesn't work in Web3. So like there was one event in Vancouver. Uh, they brought lots of people. I was actually invited there um, and they made zero sales um, at this event, uh, as far as the NFT sales go. And just because, and even though like people could even buy NFTs with their credit card, so they didn't have to connect wallet or anything like that. So there was like, I believe they either use MoonPay or Minted.com, one of the two, but, um, regardless people weren't buying and it's just because it's just different. Like you can't mm -hmm. do web two versus, you know, you got to understand it. The time frame is important. So like web two, um, sales, they could happen anytime versus web three sales. They have to happen in a short amount of time. You, you guys should go like, just like Arvin K NFT, my Twitter handle. When I run ads, there's so many people when like, let's say project doesn't sell out in like a few days, people just continuously commenting. They're like, it's been six days. So this project is probably not going to do well. It's like, wow. Like imagine if a startup, like would just come out and just people be like, Hey, it's been six days. Like, um, like you're probably going to fail. Like what? Like. Um, that's, that's just because web three is different, right? So same thing. It, it's also like web three space too. Again, people are not coming from a business experience. People are coming from, this is their first time actually getting to the business world. So they don't have like their reference that they have is actually completely like distort, like they have a very distorted image of what, um, how right. businesses are run and they don't even think of like NFTs project as businesses. They just think of these things that just happen, right? So mm -hmm. like, um, they, like, let's say, uh, something happens in the, like with the project. Um, and then the developers, like maybe they're like, they can't fix something in 15 minutes. Everyone's going to write, this is a scam. Like this project is a fail. This is a rug pull. Like, come on guys, like just be patient. It's like been 15 minutes, you know? So like that's, but that's, that's what it is. That's just the, how the, um, NFT community is. Um, but then we've got like the web two people coming into the NFT communities. Sometimes they're more experienced, um, and they are the more understanding, right. But the, the DJs in the web three space. They just not very experienced in this space. Sorry, not not very experienced in like the business side of things usually, um, and they just have really like 
um, weird expectations. Um, and then I would also say like, so um, I think you talked about this, like, I kind of digress from what you were saying earlier on. You talked about the paid ads being like a, how, like what portion of the stuff that I do is paid ads. So it used to be 20% uh, paid ads, 80% influencers. Now that's almost like flipped. Um, so I do a lot more paid ads. I still do a lot of Twitter spaces. You can't just do paid ads, but then mm -hmm. there's this misconception um, in this space. And I've honestly been on Twitter spaces. People say these things all the time. They're like, if a project does paid ads, it must be a rug pull. It's a red flag that does paid ads. And I'm like, go outside, touch the grass. Like people have been advertising for centuries, right? So I, uh, I believe actually the first ad was just um, this person, I think, it's like centuries ago, this person, like, so he had this, this guy, he had a slave um, and then he lost his slave and said, he, he put it like an ad up and said like something like, if you found this person, I'll give you this much money and then bring, bring it, um, like bring the news to this really cool store. And like, he describes the store and this is oh, actually wow. his ad, right? And, <laughs> and it's like talking about like what he actually offers as far as his products. This is like literally centuries ago, right? Um, and this, there was no Facebook, there was none of that, right? So um, for people to say, hey, like advertising and paid ads, like even paying for, I never paid to speak on any stages, but it's okay, like some people do. Um, I, um, I have paid for publications and sometimes people tell me that like, oh, you paid for publications. So that's like, that's weird. And I was like, that's not weird. That's like, I would do that anytime. Like even for like, um, for uh, let's say, you know, like, in web to people coming from web to they've been buying like let's say radio ads um tv uh space like newspaper space like so many years it's just because people right now in the web 3 space they just show they have so little experience that they have come up with this really weird concept that's like advertising is like for projects that are not good so i say this like and i want i still want someone with evidence someone with knowledge about nfts that actually know what nfts are not, not just like you know saying they know nfts because they just traded a few um come and like debate me on this on a twitter space you know um and just bring bring evidence that just like okay how many of the projects that rock pool did pay that um like let's see like let's see some of the data because like everything is just about like feelings right now right and like no no actual data but also i would say so that's just like as far as like paid advertising but like like nature like does ads like um bees with flower the color of flowers like um i don't know frogs with like the color of their skin you know what i mean like it's just right. like yeah, there's nothing wrong with ads basically right so so there's that uh, of course there are going to be projects that are going to rock pull like i'm not taking away anything from that but um to say if a project does ads to just get in front of people that must be a rock pull because because the project has to be so good that people find it themselves then how come like apple does advertising how come um, Facebook does advertising, right? So because they're so good, so they shouldn't do any advertising, right? And they still do to this day. Like literally to this day, they still have ads. Um, and and it's not because their their product is not as good. It's just because that's how businesses are run. You need to get right. in front of people. So exactly, I think that makes, makes a lot of sense about ads. <laughs> right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I think I heard about this slave thing that you mentioned. That was that was funny. Uh, yeah. it was, it's pretty cool though. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about this. So I think right, you mentioned this and people would want to know that how many of the projects that you consulted turned out to be a rug pull? Uh, so I want to say somewhere around four or five. Um, and one of them, they um, they took 10K from the community. And I literally just called them a bunch of times. I was like, listen, like 10K is not that much money to like, so it's like unintentionally they rug pulled. They didn't know what to do. Again, that's the problem with this space. It's like people are just inexperienced um, in business and sometimes they don't have money um and right. so 
So then they just unintentionally do really weird things, right? And they didn't meet, like I, I was with like Zoom calls with these people like every week. Um, and then like all of a sudden they just started like hiding from their project and like started deleting everything they had. And I was like, okay, just for 10K, like you guys are like insane. Um, and so like, that's also a rug pull, right? So like not all rug pulls are like, you know, billion dollar like people like you know they lost right so like a few hundred bucks you know a few thousand dollars um and i was shocked like to say the least that like that happened um and it's like really easy someone outside be like oh yeah of course they they rug pulls it's like oh yeah right like how would you know right so um yeah so i don't have like a um like i can i've 100 percent avoided um a lot of projects that i could work with i 100 percent i guarantee um I've left millions of dollars on the table, um, not just working with whatever projects, but it's still like out of 400, like four of them, five of them, you know, rock bold. I mean, it happened. And my, right. my focus is not like, I'm not the police of the internet. I do marketing. So like, um, I try, you know, but sometimes it happens. Makes sense. Actually, so let's let's go into the, the biggest case study that you mentioned, go to sell out in 20 hours and basically make $10 million. What happened over there? What went right? And what was the marketing involved over there? So um, the the project that they made like lots of millions, um, I we had we had lots of influencers. We, we were on almost all the um, NFT calendars. Um, we had a Discord of, I believe at the time, right before the launch, somewhere around 200K people in it. Um, so for that time, that was like, like right now, maybe a lot of people may be, may be able to do that. But like back then, that was pretty big. Like that was something like, Everyone was talking about it. We had Snoop Dogg did a little thing uh, for the project on the day of the minting. Um, lots of like influencers talked about the project. The art was freaking amazing. Um, and um, and then utility. I honestly don't even remember what the utilities were at this point. <laughs> um, it's been it's been a while. And it's just like you know, so many projects, but um, I'm not sure. And then that time when they launched, it was a great time. It was like November 14th, I believe, uh, November 24th, one of the two. Um, the utilities didn't really matter. Like things, having things in the metaverse, everything was just cool. And everyone was just like, you know, just, it was just like a shiny thing. Right. So everyone was just like, this is really cool. Um, and then with the team itself, they've very experienced in business. They've launched lots of projects in web two, very successful seven and eight figure projects, um, like lots of them. Um, and then they actually went on to do other NFT projects as well. Um, I don't know what happened with those. I'd never even checked, but, uh, they did. Um, and then. Uh, what else? As far as the oh, publications, they also paid lots of money for publications. They, they went on lots of different, uh, you know, uh, tier two, tier one publications. Um, and then with ads, I believe I was like consulting um, the person that was uh, running the ads as well. And he was he was like doing $15,000 a day, um, uh, like paid ads that he was managing. And this was for a long time. It wasn't for like a few days. Um, and so there was a lot of ads that went into that too. Um, and I mean, looking back, could we have done it with less ads? I don't know, but we just wanted to sell out. So we just went all in. And I was, um, so the ads that we were running were like on Twitter, Quora, Reddit, Google, um, Facebook, maybe. Yeah, Facebook and definitely Instagram as well. So almost all platforms, paid ads. Um, and then we had like the socials too. So like on socials, we were just posting. But the cool thing was just the art was so good. Um, every time we would post like not like organically, we just get a lot of attention. People were just like loving it. Like the artist was like super cool. I still like the art. So that's really cool. Wow. Uh, now you actually mentioned a lot of objections that you get over here. So let's go, let's go through them one by one because these are super interesting. So you mentioned yeah. that like how on earth I have worked with 400 projects. 
Yeah. If my Twitter is six months old. So let's talk yeah. about this. How were you able to yeah, work with 200 plus yeah. projects? So I think we kind of touched on that. Um, I, yeah. I was more focused on um, actually building other people than building my own presence. So um, I finally had like, maybe it was like beginning of this year, finally I had like time to actually build my own space um, and all, uh, my own social media presence. And I built it like, I, it's not like massive, but I, you know, I built it to a point that like people um, in the space, uh, they know me, like I've spoken at like cool places. Like, I spoke at Google a few days ago. Um, oh, wow. I, okay. Yeah. I, I spoke at like largest like NFT conference in Europe, like tomorrow conference, um, lots of different events, like in Cyprus, in uh, Romania, um, uh, what else? Like Singapore, like so many different countries. Like I've spoken at like different, different stages, like cool podcasts, like Mind Valley going on Jordan Belfort podcast, like the Wolf of Wall Street um, and like Entrepreneur on Fire, lots of like cool crypto um, crypto places. But I did all of these over the past few months. Um, like for for the most part, I've just been marketing, not talking about marketing. Um, but now I have the time. Plus also I have like something to talk about. Um, there's no point. And that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable going and like talking about things just like that I want to do in the future or like I think or I feel about, like I feel they're good. Um, which is like majority of like what I see a lot, lots of different places that people like, I feel like people should do this. It's like, who cares what you feel about? You know what I mean? Like, um, right. so, so that's that. Um, and then, um, when it comes to like actual number of the reviews, people can actually verify them. Um, so on my Google, like, I mean, on my LinkedIn, on my, um, uh, Fiverr, on Upwork, those reviews, they, you cannot buy them. They're verified by the platforms themselves. Um, so Fiverr, Upwork, LinkedIn. Um, and you can literally check to see where they come from and you can count, um, to see if it makes sense that someone has like 400 projects that has that many reviews. I believe just on Fiverr alone, I have like 400 reviews. Um, so, right. so there's, there's, there are a lot of them. So people can go verify that for themselves. That's crazy. All right. So ne next one, can Irwin guarantee selling out projects? Yeah. So there was, um, <laughs> there was this, uh, really cool people, like, I guess, uh, that they, they, they approached me and they were like, Hey, we're going to pay you 10 K. Um, and all we want you to do is just like, speak to your connections and then like really sell this out. I was like, okay, what do you think? What do you think my connections do? Like, who do you think my connections are? Like, you know what I mean? And, um, and then they got really mad. They actually got so mad. They came on one of my Twitter spaces that started like, um, just like trash talking me in front of like 400 people, which is fine. Like people knew like, and like my clients were there, they were just like vouching for me. But, um, I, I don't like even, I would say even not. So first of all, just think about startups, how 95% of like, like business, like not even startups, 95% of businesses, they go out of business in five years. So that's how like brutal that is. Um, now that's businesses where at least sometimes they have physical things going on. We're talking about things in the metaverse that doesn't even exist. Right. Um, so right. like you guys are courageous to think like someone could even, um, guarantee, um, something completely conceptual. And you, um, and you, you selling it out. Right. So that's that, that first thing I would say, but second of all, um, I've seen projects that, um, they've done by like influences of like 15 million followers, 16 million followers, they didn't sell out. So for someone to just say, Hey, like I can guarantee, um, I, I would say they're just lying and just don't have integrity in this space. Um, so I've always told people I cannot guarantee, um, anything. Um, and Sometimes that takes away from, you know, again, those are like the monies that I leave on the table. Right. So it's because some other person is going to say yes to that. going to say, and they do like, unfortunately, right. like, they're going to say, yeah, of course we guarantee <laughs> like we're going to sell out. Um, and then they don't, you know, so, so yeah, I can't, and I will never do that.
I'm actually curious. So why is it, why has it become a sort of industry standard that you have to sell out in let's say 20 hours, 24 hours, all the NFT, all the NFT project? It's a made up thing. Um, initially it was um, 24 hours. Then I had a few projects they sold out in seven minutes. So then they, we were actually like um, really aiming at that. Like I remember there was a time where it was like a Aiming project. at seven minutes? Yeah. Um, oh, and so, okay. Yeah. And then, so then like um, we had, we went actually under the pressure of like um, this project where I was just like, we need to like sell out in seven minutes, like, cause, cause then it's not cool anymore. Like, you know, what I mean? um, and we did like, we literally sold out in seven minutes. I think the founder, he, like the moment that happened, he changed his Twitter name, said like, whatever it was. And then like, sold out sell out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, and then he found that it was actually like six minutes. So he changed that like later. Um, it was oh, like, wow. it actually happened six minutes and we were like so excited about that. Right. Um, but there's nothing like there's no, and I think it's just really stressful for artists um, because they, Sometimes they come in, they don't care about like making like maybe millions of dollars or make like something like yoga labs. They just care about like the art being sold and then they, they full time go into art or they want to make a lot of money, but they don't want to like sell it in like one day. So I think it's just a very stressful thing for people, but it is just like, it is the expectation. It still is. Uh, and like people should go and like read the comments on my ads. There's a project right now that uh, people are running ads off my ad account and they're like, oh, um, it's been uh, 12 days this ads has been running, they're still not sold out. And then like, this is not a good project, people like you shouldn't buy this. And like people like really convinced that that's actually what they're saying is like true. Um, and, and so that's like, it's just because of the expectation, right? In the space, we just created that socially constructed, uh, I guess, expectation. Right. And I'm actually curious. So how do you think about this? How do you think that what justifies people paying so much money for NFTs and what, how do we sort of like, you know, uh, make sure that people actually gain value from it? Like one of the reasons why I believe that, okay, uh, why I feel that NFT projects are supposed to be set out is because like, think about a new community hall uh, that is just opening up. If on the first day, if there's a party and there are and hundred people do not show up, only one or two people show up, then they all lose interest. Then they all like you know sort of spread this word that okay, this is a this is a, yeah. this is a flop. But yeah. if on the first day you have hundred people, two hundred people right over there, and everybody feels like oh wow, it's just the first day and everybody's over here, then they will feel like okay, it's a hit. Let's let's keep this community going. So this is how I'm thinking about it. But how do you think like what justifies the value of these NFT projects? Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot more than just, you know, the number of people supporting it, I think. Um, so even I say artists that they just have their own collections and they just have like cool arts. Um, they have a smart contract hooked into their art, but maybe they just don't want to have utilities. So that's okay. You know, I actually like them to be okay with that. Like, and like community also just not have the expectation because it's just weird. Like they just want to do their art and that's it. Like they shouldn't like have expectations of that. But then, you know, maybe you should in a way, like I can see the other side of things too. Like maybe they should adapt. Like if they want to hustle and just make a lot more money then they're in this space, then come up with a utility. So, I mean, maybe that's the case too. I don't know. Um, but I, I have a lot of our, uh, friends that are artists. So I just always like, I guess I'm backing them up. Like I support them um, and like emotionally, financially, like why they stuff too. Um, and then, so so that's as far as like the artist side of things and the utilities and um, and that. But if you think about like Web2 space, um, so like think about like a club or like a bar, uh, one of the advertising, I used to do this for like even like restaurants and different places. Um, so if you see they're busy, you go there, like because it's exciting, right? And just like party you were describing. Um, and um, so like one of the ways we would do in Web2 space, we would do, we would literally just do, for example, free drinks uh, for people to just come in. And then when we knew if we just get, get them in there for like one or two drinks, then they would spend like 10 drinks right after, right? So they would spend like have a good time and like lots of people would come in and then we would just not just even break even, we would profit. 
So same concept goes with NFTs. I think Goblin Town kind of started this idea of like free mint. So there are some projects that are doing free mint and just like really banking on making more money on the secondary and based on royalties. In fact, I looked at the, I, so I have a Twitter space with uh, some data company um, tomorrow that actually I'm going to like learn more about these things, actually confirm these, um, I guess, findings that I've had. But when I read the data, it looks like um, people, like collections made more money on the secondary than the primary. Like, um, uh, and it's like 70% of the revenues comes from the secondary market versus primary market. So that, that could mean that, um, you know, projects should have no problem just going in with free mints, um, as long as they can get everyone to actually spend money and as long as they can increase the floor price, which is not an easy thing to do, but I'm just saying, right. I think they can do that. Right. Um, and so consensus right now in the bear market at Q2, um, 2022 is that if you have a, um, utility, um, you can charge as much as like on average, again, um, it's not, not everyone, but like on average, you can do 0.07, um, Ethereum on Solana under two soul. Um, so these are like the price points, um, for, if you don't have utilities should be free. Like that's the, that's what the space, like people in the space say, um, and I don't mean Twitter spaces. I mean like the actual, like NFT space. Um, and then, um, but that's, that doesn't have to stay that way. Plus also there's a project right now I'm working. Um, so as a CMO, our mint price is going to be four ETH. Um, so that's not even close to 0.07. Right. 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 So I, I just think like projects should have, should have agency to, um, to be able to do whatever they want. They don't have to like follow, follow rules, not being like oblivious to them, just acknowledging the, the current state, but you should be able to justify if you have like really cool utilities. Um, if you bring in benefits to people that doesn't necessarily, um, I guess, rely on you selling out and everything going right and everything being in the metaverse that hasn't been built. And, you know, like it's not based on some uh, like Minecraft game that like all of a sudden they just ban everything NFT related then you should have a you know price for it and people should pay that that's absolutely fine that's justifiable makes sense wow uh now you also have this thing that you charge 800 dollars for 30 minutes consulting time yeah let's talk about that i believe that, that rate has even increased further right yeah so um i actually uh so a lot of people told me that and they were like you know we paid um we paid our lawyers less than we've paid you um you know and all our life in like web 2 blah 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 right so and like in, these are sometimes people like they've done business, like lots of businesses, seven, eight, nine figure businesses. So um, the concept is I found that first of all, again, like one reason was just, I wanted to get into talking to people that just, okay. So there are a hundred thousand collections in just uh, uh, on Ethereum alone. Right. So if I were to just work with every single one, I can't possibly do that. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. Like I'm not Uber. Right. I, right. I can't, my business model is not that, but um, the, the other thing is, um, I have found there are people, literally, their projects, literally, they just done one call with me and they've set to actually go sell out and they did sell out. And when they sell out, they, they like a literally minimum they've made. Now, maybe in the bear market is lower, but um, the average I had, like last time I took an average, which was in January, it was like um, the minimum was about 400K and the average was like a few million dollars. So if you put things into perspective, that 30 minutes is actually a really big deal. It's just um, bringing like all the experience of like looking at so many projects. And when I say 400, those are 400 clients. I talk to many more and that let's say 10% of them become clients. Um, so it, I've just seen so many projects and I just cut like the learning curve for people um, with time and money. Um, there's so many people who spend lots of money. Like uh, there's some, someone in my program, 
he told me one time he said like he spent 100k on an influencer and he he got three discord members from that so that sucks oh, right so okay. I could, yeah i could save people that you know that money right to not spend that right so i would know that i actually know that influencer um and i know why he, he can produce results um like they're literally influencers it's kind of funny um, so I, some of these influencers, I've been with them, like in the web two space and we did a lot of things and then they just changed their handle to have something NFT related. Right. Don't so yeah, um, exactly. So I, I know these people and I was like, one of them, I, I actually like, um, so with my girlfriend at the time, we just messaged him and we're like, cause we both know him. And then uh, we were like, so, Hey, like, are you getting results for people? Like, cause we will pay you like, but can you like actually get results? Um, and he's like, actually, no, like we don't actually get a lot of results for people, but like, just letting you guys know, like literally he told us like that people paying this much money. Um, and he has like, you know, 300 K followers on Twitter and like, you know, pretty like, um, I guess good with like the clout, but the, as far as like number wise goes, like even himself, like admitted, cause we have friends like that kind of friends that he would just tell us, be like, no, just like, you know, do other things. Um, and he's just like, no, you won't actually get like the results that you're looking for. Like you won't grow your discord. It won't grow your Twitter. Uh, it will get you like some uh, people just talking about your projects, but that's all it does, which is not what people think. Right. So people go in and pay that money. And they're like, literally I had people even telling me, like, even for my consulting, they're like, Hey, um, if you do this consulting, are we going to sell out? Or like I do Twitter spaces with people I host for, uh, for them. And they're like, if you do a Twitter space with you, are we going to sell out? And I'm like, you guys are insane. Like, if you think like that's all it takes, well, then why why is it that hundred thousand projects out there they're not all sold out, right? So, um, but again, like I I jokingly say that just because, um, really like a lot of people in this space they have zero business experience. They don't even know market research. They don't know to look for these things, and they don't like it, they don't know. This is like new to them. Like for us, it just completely makes sense. It's just like obviously, right? You you're not gonna sell out by just doing it toward the space. But like to some people who are new into this, they're like. Oh, okay. So I guess I'm not just going to sell out with one Twitter space. Okay. So like, you know, so that's, that's, but that's what the market is. That's what the space is. Right. Exactly. Uh, this is very interesting conversation. Uh, and actually I want to follow up on that. So we have been talking a lot about this, like is good artwork necessary to have a sellout project? Uh, does utility, do we need to have utility to have a sellout project? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there was one project where I was like literally sorting by their utility to everyone. I was just like, this makes so, so much sense. This is like the coolest project. And these guys are like, and I still talk to them. They're really cool people there. Um, now, unfortunately, I don't know if it was because of that or like some other reason, but unfortunately, their mint date was exactly the same day, same time as the Luna crash. So oh, man. They, they completely wow. failed. Yeah. But um, they had like the coolest utility. So I don't know if it was that the utility wasn't enough or like the Luna crash just kind of like, um, uh, you know, just uh really impacted things but uh, regardless they are the coolest utility and i've seen other projects too sometimes they're like coolest utility but they just don't sell out right um i've seen um as far as art um there's uh representation like digital representation of artwork from someone who whose family just actually doing the collection for him and he is known artist to anyone on the planet earth it's not some someone that you would say like you you read in like if you did art in college you read about this person right um and he didn't sell out they just, and I told, I was on a conversation with them and I was like, so how many whitelisters did you guys have? And they're like, what is whitelisters? Um, and then I said like, okay, so what about your discord? And like, we didn't have a discord. Uh, and I was like, okay, but then, so what did you guys do? And they're like, we just posted on OpenSea and we didn't sell out. And I'm like, well, of course. Right. But that's, I would say, of course. And that's like, you know, why people do consulting with me. Cause like when they come in, sometimes they do things like that. And, you know, this family, um, they all just like, 
were really banking, but not for monetary value, but really banking on like OpenSea doing everything for them. Um, and it didn't, right? So they, they didn't sell out. And then actually, recently I checked, they took the collection out of OpenSea as well. So it's not even on OpenSea anymore. So that's to say, um, having um, amazing, amazing art is not enough. Having amazing, amazing utility, not enough. Um, and being a inf- like a large influencer, I believe Kevin Hart, I, I can say that because I'm not working with him. Um, Kevin Hart just recently um, launched a collection and I believe I may be mistaken. Um, I believe he didn't sell out. So that's, see, that's yeah. not enough either. Okay. Yeah. So. So you need a system. You need a system. You yeah. need to be understanding that what yeah. needs to happen. Exactly. And, and the, only then you'll be more likely to sell out. Even then you won't be guaranteed to sell out. You still may not sell out. And if that's not for that person who's listening to this, if you're not okay with that, don't, don't do it. Like if it's your rent money that you're putting into this, like bad idea, <laughs> like really bad idea, terrible idea. Don't if you have it. that much money, don't even think about NFT crypto right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Focus on idea. making money first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Income. Income should be your goal. Yes. Good job in Web3. Plenty of them. Right. That totally makes sense. All right. So I believe we have talked a lot about NFT. I actually read something really cool on your LinkedIn about biohacking. What's your experience yeah. with biohacking? Yeah, so I had this brand. I still have it. It's called Hack My Biology. Um, and there was a time where I deleted a lot of this content off the internet, but um, oh, there was a time okay. where I was doing a lot of um, experiments on my own body, um, which is insane. Like now I'm like looking back at it. I, I Honestly, I think it was like a younger time of my life. So where I was just like, I'm bulletproof. I, nothing will happen. So I would li- literally talk with these um, like biohacking companies and then when they would have like a new product, this is so stupid. Honestly, now I'm thinking about it, but back then it made complete sense. So I would tell them, be like, hey, um, you know, let's like, uh, I'll help you with the marketing and everything. Um, and then you guys just like, if you have like new products, <laughs> new uh, things you want to be- like beta test, I want to try it out. And, <laughs> and- <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And these were like all new tropics. So like, I was just very excited about it. So just to like, kind of give you a background, um, there's this organization called NODT, uh, NODET. Um, so it's National Organization of Development of Exceptional Talents. Um, so it's like an equivalent of Mensa uh, that I went to um, and they, they took a lot of exams um, and to like, I guess, approve me into this organization. This is when I was like seven, eight-ish. Um, and I was in this organization until like 17-ish. So I always was interested about like, I, like I learned a lot of hardcore sciences. So I, I actually knew about like a lot about biology too. Um, and I always was interested about like just pushing the limit of like humans. Um, and so the concept of like biohacking was just so interesting in, in for me. And most people, even like back then when I was doing like keto diet and things like that, people would just roll their eyes. Um, now it's like, you know, even like health coaches talk about this, even like everyone does like keto diet. Like that's like, we have like keto cookies now, like, you know, right. back then, if you talked about keto, like you were like crazy person, like I'm talking about years ago, right? So almost like, what, 10 years ago. Um, and like no one knew about keto diet, but I was doing those things because I was literally interested. I think I some, somewhat like I was disappointed with the speed by which humans were evolving. <laughs> and then I thought maybe I could just like try out these things on my own and actually like contribute to the, like, just, you know, like bringing like the human society forward. Um, so what I was doing was like, I literally would just take these, um, different nootropics and I had all sorts of like measurements, like from, um, you know, like the HRV, like heart rate variability, uh, the, um, like the blood test, like full on blood test, like things that you would never even like have, like your doctor would never write for you to do blood tests on. Um, and let's say like DNA tests and like, um, like every single like, uh, metrics that you can find from your, like from your health, 
um, I would measure them consistently. By the way, it took a lot of money um, to do oh, this. Man. Yeah. yeah. That's um, expensive. Yeah, very expensive. Very, very expensive. Now it's like a lot cheaper, but back then it was just like literally just came out some of these things, like the ways of measuring. So it was, I was doing that and I was like continuously doing it like every few days and I would measure everything and I would just like document it. Um, and then I would write it and um, I grew up following a little bit too, but after a while I was just like, um, it's not really like sustainable for me. Like I'm not like, work so I used to work at a research lab actually. I did actually work for a few years. I have a, um, like a study published under my name and like a bunch of other people. Like, oh, wow. okay. Sure. Yeah. It's by, and so it's a NIH, um, approved the study in psychology, but, um, the, so I, it wasn't like, I wasn't that like math, I was a bit of a mad scientist, but I wasn't like that crazy. So I, I did have actually actual knowledge in like research, but, um, like I, you know, I kind of like came to senses that like, I can't do this basically. Um, so I stopped, but it's still interesting to me. Right. So like I'm launching a collection actually in the fitness uh, industry myself. Uh, and I'm doing it with uh, someone who is a former Mr. Canada. So oh, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah. People don't know that just means like nationally, he became like number one in bodybuilding back in 2000, which is prior to like all these like, you know, like right now, a lot of people becoming like Mr. Olympias and Mr. You know, Canada, Mr. US, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot different back then, like um, the standards were a lot higher, right? So um, it was also a lot harder uh, for people to become become that. So anyways, it's like I had this like OG of bodybuilding who like trained, like he's been literally like working at almost like 50 years. Um, and the um, uh, trained a lot of like people in the in the uh, what is it called like uh, like for Mr. Olympia uh, like IFBB Pro so on and so forth and then um, I'm just launching an NFT collection with him um, and like someone else who sold that collections before and um, we're just gonna bring like fitness into NFT crowd um, and not necessarily bodybuilding but just fitness just being healthy um, right us just like sitting in front of a computer all day if i after this i'm gonna go to the gym but like um i i want people to just be healthy um and we're gonna we're gonna do that with that collection that's really cool man all right yeah. so this was a very interesting podcast we talked about the nft thing we talked about biohacking this is this i didn't i didn't imagine that he would go super deep into this but this is super <laughs> cool but yeah. this was good uh great. thank you so much for coming on where can people find you now yeah, so on Twitter, um, Arvin K NFT depends on the time you guys searching. I may or may not have the Twitter verification. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then on uh, LinkedIn, um, also, uh, and on Instagram too. But on Twitter and uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, I'm more, more, uh, I guess, responsive with people. Um, and then uh, they can also go on sold out NFTs. Um, so on socials is A R V I N K N F T. So Arvin K N F T. Uh, they can uh, go there, find me. Um, and then on uh, my website is soldoutnfts.io, which is S-O-L-D-N-F-T-S.io. So selling out NFTs, soldoutnfts.io. Um, and I publish case studies. I, I have to update some new ones. We just had like Crypto Bollies and uh, Faragos and a bunch of other ones uh, sold out. So um, I've got to update that, but um, they, can read, they can read case studies and they can find about everything I do as well. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Ervin. Thanks for having me.